Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction, starring score baseball insider Bruce Levine and half of Chicago's number one sports morning show, David Haw, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, and always live on the free Odyssey app, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Good Saturday morning, Chicago. Welcome back inside the clubhouse right here on 670 The Score and your free Odyssey app, broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios. I'm David Hall, along with Bruce Levine, talking baseball today from 9 to 11 like we do every Saturday morning, talking about a Morrell victory for the Cubs in Minnesota and a crossroads moment at 35th and Shields for the White Sox. Bruce, good morning. Morning, David. Yeah, it's a um, interesting uh, week that just uh, transpired for both Chicago teams. I think looking at the Chicago White Sox on May the 13th, after a team meeting yesterday, uh, there is a lot of things to be concerned about on the south side i know this is not breaking news for anybody at this point (laughs) but um you know don't you david expect each day to change to the point where okay they had won six out of nine uh it, it looked like they were starting to turn a corner and then all of a sudden you've lost four out of five including three out of four to kansas city and you're saying Nothing has changed here. Well, they lost last night 5-1, to one, and for people who weren't able to stay up late because the game started so late due to the rain, the Astros beat the White Sox 5-1. to one. The Cubs beat the Twins 6-2 to two in Minnesota. But, Bruce, you're exactly right. I mean, at this point of the season, they're 13-27, and 27, and the only thing they have going for them is they play in the AL Central. And you have a first-place team that would be in the last place of the AL East standings if they were to be transposed. The White Sox have nothing going for them right now. They had a team meeting to discuss all the nothingness, I'm sure. You're 13 and 27. I don't know what direction you're going, but it's not the right one. So to me, big picture, as we discuss it here, and maybe people have an opinion, 312-644-6767, the White Sox have to determine whether or not they're closer to rebuilding 
or contending? And I think it's an easy answer. The only question now is, how do you approach that? I don't know if it's an easy answer yet. I'm with you on the fact that uh, we're approaching one of those benchmarks, okay, in the baseball season. Believe it or not, uh, today at some point we are we are at the one-quarter pole in the Major League Baseball season. And that's happened awfully quick as far as I'm concerned. Uh, May the 30th or Memorial Day is that first, first benchmark, David. Is that too early? We're asking you at 312-644-6767. Is that too early for the White Sox brass to start talking to other teams about moves and moving people that might not be a part of the team moving forward from 2023 on? Again, 312-644-6767. David, are you a run differential guy or not? I think it's misleading, Bruce. I, I think it, like every statistic, like every metric, you have to take it into the context of what your team is and what your team isn't. So there are days and times where it applies, and there are days and seasons where it's misleading. So I, I because you have, you have uh, games that are aberrations, you know, that you have the uh, occasional blowout. And right. or you have in the case of the Cubs, a lot of one-run losses over a stretch. So I think it can be somewhat misleading, but it's something that you, you can't ignore either. Well, Why in you the ask? case of the White Sox, uh, the American League has only five teams right now that are a minus run differential. Okay. Uh, the, the other league has nine. Uh, and the White Sox are the second worst team in run differential in baseball and only to the Oakland A's who are really not a major league baseball team. So with that in mind, four of the five teams with run differential negatives are in the White Sox division. Does that give you hope that that division is still winnable? We're not talking about another team even remotely, a quarter of the way through through the season, Bruce, David, there's there's no one in in the American League outside of the American League East that's going to be having playoff teams other than the division winners. Can the White Sox beat the Twins or the Indians, likely the Twins, in that division? That's the only question I think that Han and nah. Kenny Williams have to answer. There are more questions in that Bruce Bruce I respect your research and you know I respect your insight but to me the problems of the White Sox aren't found in a computer more like a stethoscope what's the heartbeat of this team they look like they are lethargic and listless they look like they can't understand what urgency feels like or is they have their manager calling them out this team has numbers that you can use to support what they're not doing, but they came into this season promising to be different in terms of the approach day in, day out. Don't you remember that press conference? Wasn't that cool when Pedro Grafol said they were going to, every night at 710, we're going to kick some ass? Oh, boy. Ooh, Pedro cussed. Well, you know what? That's not who this team is. They don't play like that. There's no urgency there. I, Before we get to the numbers, I, I think we got to find out more than that. Look deeper yeah. than that, Bruce. It's good points, David. Look, I I got you know talked to by people about getting the first question to Pedro and asking him, uh, you know, instead of welcoming him, I asked him, 
This team is known for not hustling. What would you be doing with a team that uh, has guys who have been told and are, lis- and are listening to the fact that they don't know when to run or when not to run be- due to injuries from that team? I, you know, I, I got chastised, and I think it was, in retrospect, the wrong question asked first out of the shoot. But it was my thought process at the time, David, that this team had quit on itself and was not uh, always hustling. And that was that was the reason I asked that question first. Uh, right now, I'm not detecting that they're not hustling. I'm just detecting that the heartbeat is hard to find. I would agree with that, Bruce. And let's set up the rest of the show. We'll get to callers who have a lot of thoughts on what we just discussed, opening things up here on Inside the Clubhouse. So at 10 o'clock, we plan to talk to Drew Smiley, last night's winning pitcher for the Chicago Cubs, another efficient effort to move to 4-1. and one. He'll join us at 10. Dusty Baker, the manager of the Astros, World Series winning manager, future Hall of Famer, he plans to join us at 10.30. It was a late night. We hope that we can still connect with Dusty, but those are the plans in the second hour. The first hour, we're going to talk about the state of the Cubs and the White Sox. The Cubs now two victories in a row after a really interesting week with the Cardinals coming to town and then them going to Minnesota. Christopher Morrell coming up, Matt Mervis contributing. That was an interesting night, Friday night in the Twin Cities. But, Bruce, I think the most of the conversation, at least early on, is about the White Sox because they're in town. Jose Abreu has, had his nice little reunion pregame press conference and video tribute, and they remain in the state of disarray. 13-27, and 27. where do you go from here? A lot of people want to weigh in. Bruce, do you want to get to the phone lines? Absolutely, David. This is their show. Let's get to the phone lines. The score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Let's start the conversation with a good friend, Mike and Glencoe. Good morning, Mike. Welcome inside the clubhouse. Good morning, fellas, and happy Mother's Day. And I want to just uh, make an observation with Davis Martin, who I think now is kind of a, a metaphor for the White Sox season. Here's a guy who came up last year unheralded. He really wasn't that good, although Rick Hahn made him out to be the second coming of Sandy Koufax. He gave us innings. He's our only credible minor league pitcher who called it to the majors, and he's out with a bum arm. In the meantime, Pedro Grafal uh, is is burning out the bullpen at a rate that will kill it off by June 1st. Uh, Kopek can't go five innings. Cease can barely go five innings. We all knew that we needed more starting pitching in the winter. We have none. And we're looking for a rest of the season where we're running out of relief pitchers. Our starters can't go. And we have nobody in the minors. Zero. Nada. Unless you want to dig down to Class A, who can fill that spot? Bruce, give me some hope here. Where do we go? Thanks, Mike. Bruce, what do you think? Well, I think there's always hope. I I really, you know, I I have gone up and back with this rotation. And Mike makes a good point. Watching... uh, Lance Lynn filling up the, the strike zone and the ball not moving very much with his three different fastballs that he throws. And watching what appears to be Dylan Cease, who, you know, we haven't heard a word about health, doesn't look healthy to me out there. Again, filling up the strike zone, uh, not the crispness on his pitches. Uh, I, I've been going up and back, David, on, on the idea of it. does this rotation still possibly have a fix in it. Okay, can those guys get fixed? We know Giolito's been pitching extremely well as of late. Clevenger has pitched well. Uh, I would say that, uh, you know, yesterday, 
we saw a pitcher Bruce, take asking, a, you're, you're, a Noah hitter I, into the fifth inning, right? But no, but, no one really related to it, right? I think you have to say that because there's no other options. That's kind of Mike's point: is that you have to write out uh, the the Lance Lynn uh, season, the saga, if you will, because you have to. You don't really have other alternatives. It's not like you have a farm system supplying you with options or prospects. Right. Because let's be honest about it: I know they're different pitchers, but they and and maybe with you know slightly different pedigrees. But a year ago, after eight starts. Dallas Keuchel had a 7.5 or so ERA, and they DFA'd him. Uh, uh, this year, after eight starts, Lance Lynn's ERA is very similar to Dallas Keuchel's. They're not going to DFA him because they can't. They don't have any options, Bruce. And I think that's what he's right. getting at is that where is, where is the reason for hope in the future? And that's where you are as an organization. The, the stopper is missing, okay, David? Uh, Lynn and Cease were the stoppers on this staff, okay? They were the ones there when there was a losing streak or something wasn't going right to throw a dominant game. You know, as we remember, Lynn was out until June last year, recovering from knee situations. And then he came back and he was really good. Cease, as we know, was one of the top pitchers in baseball for the entire year. Those stoppers, you know, are are so huge uh, for a team that has been uh, run production challenged like the Chicago White Sox. So even the good games that they've played, uh, they haven't won because run production has been so difficult. And uh, and the stopper, the pitcher who uh, stops those losing streaks just isn't there. Uh, you know, we look at Giolito, who's pitched really well lately. You know, he might be that again. He was certainly that for the staff two years ago, three years ago. Um, again, I hung my hat on the fact that the White Sox had the good possibility of having uh, a very good starting pitching staff. I'm not as sure now as I was a week or 10 days ago that that would be a possibility. Dylan C's back on the mound tonight for the White Sox against Brandon Belak for the Astros and get a chance to kind of get things right for him. He's not been good, and he comes into uh, – uh, start having to do something to change the narrative to get back in the in the win column because Bruce this team is at a crossroads and that was the context of yesterday as they return home for a series against the Astros after losing three out of four to the Royals for God's sake and here they are at the home clubhouse and after the media had their access opportunities and that that was finished they had a, a meeting and Pedro Grafol was asked about that meeting, and this is what he had to say. Uh, we talked about it. I mean, the, the, the thing is that I'm, I'm not going to sit here and talk about the things that we do and the conversations we have in private. The one thing I can, I can tell you is that we address things. But, I mean, what, what, what happens in there stays in there. I mean, I'm not going to elaborate too much on it. But... Rest assured that we address things, you know, as they come up and as we feel like they need to be addressed. Bruce, the day after Pedro Grafol publicly questioned the sense of urgency his players exhibited in Kansas City, they have a closed doors meeting, and everyone can guess what the subject matter was. I, I still think he's a little uh, for a guy who came to town promising to communicate. I still think that there are times when, at least publicly, Pedro Grafol was to communicate. It's a really tough situation for him, David, isn't it? I mean, look, um, you come in here, 
it's it's all hey you got the hammer you're the guy they probably gave him a three-year contract and you're replacing somebody that was not popular that was sick that wasn't able to do the job very well last year that was the focal point for why the team did poorly other than the obvious injuries to this team and now you're dealing with a team meeting you know and it's not memorial day yet and you you have the third worst record in baseball uh, it's it's a tough situation for him. How do you keep? Here, here's here's the question I have for you, David. How do you keep the clubhouse and keep the sanctity of them trusting him, and then elaborate to the uh, Chicago media what transpired in that meeting? How do you do both? Okay. I think you got to uh, pick a lane. Who who are you? Who are you as a, as a manager? And what are you going to exhibit? As a leader, it's pot leadership, Bruce. What's your style going to be? And I think that you're trying to be one thing publicly, and if you're another thing privately, you're going to come off as disingenuous. And you can't do that as a manager, as a coach, in any sport, in any, in any profession. So be who you are. And I, all I'm saying is that, Bruce, and I, and I know it's a difficult balance to strike. I, I'm not dismissing or diminishing that. But I think when he came to town early on, it was this is the guy who is going to – He's not going to take anything from anybody. He's going to be quietly but firmly the boss. And I just don't know if we okay. see that consistently enough. So here's what I said last year, and I think it still applies. In our era covering sports, talking about sports, talking to sports fans like we do here on The Score every day on all the sports, the last people that seem to be accountable are the players. Okay. And these are basically the same players from last year uh, that were hurt. They are hurt. They were hurt again. Mancata's back. Hopefully, they're getting Hendricks back. They're getting Crochet back. That'll be a huge boost to this team, both from a morale point as as well as the what they bring to the to the ballpark every day. <laughs> but talking to a few players yesterday, one in particular. Uh, I said it's still early, and uh, you you guys have uh, good players in here. And and the players said to me, that's what they tell us, okay? So what what he is saying, what he said to me was, we're still waiting for guys to start to show up, okay? They're not showing up, okay? They're not playing up to their level. They didn't last year. They haven't this year. Again, Anderson was out for a while. That was a big deal. Hendricks being out is a big deal, okay? But the reality is this is supposed to be a, a competitive team for a championship. They're not competitive. And, and they're not fundamentally sound. Right they're not now. doing anything right. So, they're not doing so anything when, well. What, when we, what do they do right? right? What do they do well? That's coaching. When, when that's managing. Graffal, that's discipline. Yeah. So when we look at Grafal or we look at Marusa, I think we're looking in the wrong place. Okay, let's look higher, the, and we'll, we'll keep on going. Uh, where's Rick Hahn yesterday? Why didn't he address the media? Where's the state of the Sox address for the first game of the homestand? Where's he hiding? Where, what about this accountability I hear a rumor about? Where's that? Let's go back to the phone lines. Bring in Ron, who is a loyal Sox fan. Good morning, Ron. How are you? Hey, good morning. Uh, uh, to answer the question, everything the call said and you all said answers the question. That No, it's not too soon. To, to give up on this team. And this team is playing actually worse than they were last year. They can't win at home. 
you all talked about the pitching, but look at the offensive numbers. There are too many deficiencies. If you had, uh, you know, no team is perfect. So if, if they, would, you know, had a couple deficiencies, say, well, this guy's coming back. But that's not going to happen. And for people who point out about what Philadelphia did last year and what Washington did a few years ago, those are aberrations. Most teams that uh, – and, you know, guys, it's not just their record. This was a bad team. I watched this team. And, and, and sometimes you can watch a team and say, yeah, you know, they, it's impossible. There is no possibility that this team will get to 500 and they will not win a division. So they, I don't know what Rick Hahn's plan is. And lastly, when the team – remember the statement he made, guy. The team cannot accept – the organization cannot accept mediocrity. Well, n- now the team is bad. It's not even mediocre. It's a bad team. So, Thanks, Ron. Appreciate the phone call. Mediocrity, that would be an improvement, Bruce. Let's talk about the Cubs. Christopher Morell has been good for morale. We'll talk about his impact next on Inside the Club. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw. Same game. So, anything changed or... Same, it's a, I can say like the pitcher here, they got more experience. But the more experience you got, I need to take my pitch. If I see the pitch and right and so on, I need to make the, this adjustment and get good contact. If it's not in the zone, I need to take it. So it's, it's the same baseball, just different stadiums. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score. David Hall, Bruce Levine until 11 o'clock today. Drew Smiley at 10 o'clock, Dusty Baker 1030. That was Christopher Morell. after last night. He did it again, Bruce. He, everybody is happier when Christopher Morell is, is playing, except for the opposing pitcher. who they, he, He's been dominant since he came up. 
six hits in 13 at-bats this week. Two home runs, five runs batted in, and a stolen base. Last night's homer, 429 feet, Bruce. Plays with a verve and an energy that the Cubs feel like is contagious. They've got to keep him here. They've got to keep him up, right? Well, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't. Uh, they try. Look, he didn't make the team out of spring training. That was surprising to a lot of people. But if you look at their offseason moves, David, it only made sense. He came up like a flash last May, uh, was uh, the energizer bunny for the Cubs for a couple of months, and then started to fade and swing at everything in sight. Uh, went from a, about a 270 batting average in uh, July to uh, 235 by the end of the year. So he had to make some adjustments. Uh, getting the veterans like Mancini, Hosmer, uh, you know, Swanson, uh, Bellinger, that gave them the opportunity to send him to AAA to start the year. Go there and dominate was what they told him. We know you're a good ball player. We, we know you can play up here. Go down there and dominate. That's what he did. He dominated. He was the player of the month at AAA. Hit 11 home runs there in the month. And he's continued that process here. I think the simplistic way that he described the game in his soundbite that we heard coming into our uh, segment here, David, it embodies what, what he feels and how relaxed he is right now. Hey, uh, it's just a different level, different stadium. I'm playing the same game. Yeah, the pitchers are tougher here. Yeah, uh, the competition's greater for positions. But he is a talented player. And if he does what he said and he takes the pitches that he needs to take and has good strike zone discipline, uh, the sky's the limit for this guy with his talent. I also think it's an interesting lesson for a lot of young players because Christopher Morrell really made a strong argument that he could have made the team out of spring training. A lot of guys, including Ron Coomer and other people around the team, felt like he had done enough to make the roster and to come to Chicago, and he didn't, but he took the demotion in stride. Not only did he take it in stride, but he didn't stop improving, and he, and he took, uh, took the approach that he's going to make him impossible to keep in AAA, and now he seems like that's the case. Baseball has a funny way of taking care of these issues, Bruce, but with Nico Horner on the 10-day IL, certainly that will create opportunities for Morrell. You wonder about what happens after that, but I think with this kind of versatility, you know there's going to be some kind of injury or maybe attrition you don't have a, a big problem until you have to face it. And right now the Cubs don't have a big problem roster-wise or where to fit him. He's going to be impossible to keep out of the lineup, though, if he keeps hitting at this clip. Right. Defensively, we don't know how good he is at any of those positions, okay? That's it, uh, yeah. You know, uh, he's, he was a little clunky at second base last night, uh, was responsible for one of those runs scoring that Minnesota had. Okay. Uh, in center field, didn't always get the right jumps. You know, we saw him last year out there. So when we, when people talk about, hey, he's the next Ben Zobrist, you know, that, that's, a, that's a real stretch. The reality is, is that he's a talented young player who is very athletic and should get better at positions. My question is always, are they doing him a disservice by making him play multiple positions because they have other positions uh, already uh, filled, or uh, can he really be good enough defensively at those other positions to uh, fill the role? I mean, the, the, the National League at least has 
the luxury now of a DH. And uh, you, you would hate to think that this uh, multi-talented uh, athletic player would end up being a DH. But right now, where would you put him if everybody's healthy? Well, that's a good question, and that's, that's the kind of thing will take care of itself, you think. But here's the one thing I hope they keep an open mind about. Say a Suzuki in right field I know does a lot of little things well, and I, I don't know what he does best, Bruce. If Christopher Morrell is, is uh, sizzling hot at the time they have to make a decision and, and Suzuki isn't, maybe there are times where he could play right field. I, I know that he, they're both right-handed hitters. I know you don't ideally want to do that and all that's invested in Suzuki, but when you look around the Cub lineup, depending on who's hot and who's not, that might be a spot where he could get some spot starts uh, for an everyday player who's not necessarily doing anything in an outstanding way. Yeah, and at at some point, do do you visit the Patrick Wisdom situation, even though it's a great story and he's still very productive, having a good year, um, do you say, well, would we be better off with Morrell at third and Wisdom uh, moving around and uh, DH and eventually being traded? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how you look at that. I know talking to people there, they don't think third base is the best position for Morrell. They don't think that's his best position defensively. I'm not trying to put put push Patrick Wisdom out of the picture I'm a big fan of him as a player and as an individual for what he's been able to do. But um, it's I, it's an interesting – and then if you're a Cubs he's so fan, fun to watch, Bruce. Isn't he fun to watch? Yeah, Don't you I love mean, the face paint? Don't you love the eye black, the way he's got the, the stripes there? Isn't that cool? I mean, it looks like he could play cornerback too. He's a great athlete, and he plays with that kind of energy. Don't you love it? Yeah, of course. You know, I mean, he's an entertainer, and he's <laughs> – you know, he's got a lot of Javi Baez in him, right? Yes. I mean, there, there's, you know, he is energized by the crowd. He's energized by the game. He can't wait to take his bat and touch the uh, shin guard for the catcher or he's a hugger. high five to the umpire. Yeah. He's a hugger. Yeah. He's a, Did he give you a, a hug this a week? He's a fun guy. I'm Did sorry? you get a hug? He, Did you he, get he a hug me, from Morel? He gave me a, a half-hearted one, a side one, you know, one of those side <laughs> yeah. hugs. Yeah. You know, that I know. men and women have to give each other these days. Politely, Who invented yes. the side hug? <laughs> so, <laughs> Drew Smiley, Drew, Drew Smiley, Bruce, talking about the Cub pitching now. He was efficient last night. 75 pitches, went six innings. And we'll talk to him at 10 o'clock because that was nice to see after a subpar effort the last time out or he wasn't as in command as he had been this season. And he bounces back. And now the Cubs, this was a stat that caught my eye. They lead, they're tied for the league lead in quality starts with 20. And Drew Smiley had another one last night. This starting pitching rotation, we're talking about how the Sox has been, been disappointing. The Cubs has been outstanding. Well, you're, you said you're not a great believer in uh, run differential. Guess who's the second best team in the National League in run differential? It's the Chicago Cubs. Wow. I mean, you wouldn't think it. That shows because me. Because they're, they're not an offensive juggernaut, okay? They, they play a lot of close games. But the fact that the pitching staff has been so good at limiting, the fact that the uh, runs, the fact that uh, the defense has been so good, that they have limited the other team to so few runs, that, that's where they're at. They're right behind the Dodgers as far as 
run differential in the National League, which not a huge number. It's in the 50s. But, you know, you look at Tampa leads all baseball with a run differential of 120. That's a, you know, that's a, that's a rarity, you know, considering they've won 30 out of their first 40 games. Uh, it's just, it's an interesting way to look at the Cubs right now. And, and starting pitching, we talk about the White Sox not having it. The Cubs have had an abundance. Smiley had a quality start last night to give the Cubs 20. Stroman and Steele, as Sean Sears points out, lead the league with quality starts with seven apiece. And Hayden Wesneski goes today, and he has started to turn the corner a little bit for them as well. Meanwhile, Kyle Hendricks on the way. Kyle Hendricks not that far away. Bruce, right. you talk about a nice problem to have with Morrell. What do you do with this pitching rotation that has been very, very good, and the press professor is going to come back after his sabbatical? Uh, you continue to compete for the division is what you do. And you, uh, if you have to go to a – do you consider a six-man rotation? Okay, I, I, I don't know. I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to inhibit uh, Wisniewski from uh, continuing on in his path. You have Steele, who is – since last July, one of the top pitchers in all of baseball, you know, limiting teams to under two runs most of the time. Uh, it, it's a nice problem they have. I don't know if any of us envisioned outside of Jed Hoyer and his people and David Ross and his coaches envisioned the Cubs pitching being this good 25% through the season. I just don't know if anybody really looked at it that way. I don't think they did, and, and I think Jamison Tyone is really the only starter that we look at and you think, well, you, you expected more, or maybe he's going to figure it out because the other guys have figured it out. And Kyle Hendricks you know, had a five-inning scoreless stint the last time he went on the mound for Iowa in a rehab start, and he came back to Chicago, tinkered with some things with Tommy Hadovy, had a bullpen session that Hayden Wesneski raved about, said it was the most professional one he'd ever seen, and then – you know what he has to offer. You know what you're getting with this rotation. That's why, Bruce, when you look at the Cubs as they embark on this nine-game road trip and they started it the right way last night, they're 19-19, and 19, but it feels like they're better than that. It just looks like they're better than that. They, they, they're better than their record indicates to me. We, uh, I had an interesting conversation with, with uh, Sm Drew Smiley, who we'll have on as our guest at 10 o'clock on Inside the Clubhouse last week. And uh, I'm going to have him relate some of that again, David, about uh, being 500 in Major League Baseball right now, and what that really, uh, that what does that really mean? Uh, I, I'm I'm thinking that 500 right now is the majority of teams in baseball outside of the American League East and a few division leaders. I think that's the game of baseball in 2023. Wow. As Sean Sears points out again, Sean doing some correct research on this, on this fly here. The Pythagorean Cubs record one loss is 24 and 14. That, that's a bigger indicator of exactly maybe how good they possibly can be. They're 19 and 19. They've lost a lot of one run games as we pointed out. So they are, they're doing the little things right, Bruce. And I think from, from a big picture standpoint, you feel the better about where they are because they're integrating young players, Mervis and Morrell and Miguel Amaya in the past week, along with veterans and free agents who are getting the job done. And it just feels like they're clicking on, on all cylinders and all, and all different players that they got from all different paths are coming through for them. The 
Cubs have allowed 100 runs less than the White Sox. Actually, uh, the White Sox have allowed 241. The Cubs have allowed 137. So if you want to be looking at some difference in pitching, uh, there, there it is in run production. The Cubs don't score a heck of a lot more than the White Sox do. But what they do is run prevention is certainly there with the pitching and the defense. Bruce, I would suggest that you use all that research that you have just graced us with the past 40 minutes or so, lounging with Levine on the Marquee Sports Network. you got to bring that to the table. you got to bring that to the couch, so lounging with some of those numbers. You know what? I've, I've been so bad on that show, they're starting to bring in other people to sit there with me uh, throughout those segments. They're bringing right? in the other, the other expert. So, I still like lounging with you. I don't know. Anywhere. It, it might yeah. be lounging lounging with somebody else at some point pretty soon. But it, it's fun to be on the Marquee Network. And great people over there. They treat me like a king. They work uh, their butts off just like all the people to score. It, it's I'm, I'm a, a lucky guy to be working at the, those two places. Lots more on the way. We're lucky to have a chance to talk to Drew. Thank you. Drew Smiley at 10 o'clock. Dusty Baker, 1030. Stay right here. It's inside the clubhouse. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw. The biggest thing, really, that I, I observed and kind of took away from my time being his teammate was his dedication and love for for the game to the point where he'll he put his body on the line day in day out, go out and play through stuff that a lot of you guys didn't know about, play play through stuff a lot of fans didn't know about. He wanted to play every single day. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, six seventy. The score: David Haw, Bruce Levine, until eleven o'clock. That was Lucas Giolito talking with fondness about former teammate Jose Abreu, White Sox legend. Returned to the South Side on Friday with the Houston Astros after signing a three-year, $58 million contract in free agency. Bruce, Abreu not off to a, a start that he's happy with. Certainly homerless in 142 at-bats. Not what anybody expected. But I think that – you said this before the show, and I think it's interesting. You can see parallels with, number one, the way that both Abreu and the White Sox have struggled. But number two, yesterday was just a reminder of what the Sox are missing – when um, when he left and, and what they've been unable to replace in terms of his uh, the, the intangibles as much as anything. Yeah, you know, the, the leadership thing is the most misinterpreted thing, I think, by uh, myself and other people who watch sports than anything. Even, even though I've been covering uh, sports in Chicago for 40 years, David, I'm still not quite sure if I have the finger on the pulse of what a, a leader is, because we see, you know, it, it goes from the extreme of the Adam Eatons of the world who were always uh, there to give us a soundbite and tell us what the team should do and not necessarily as popular as some of the people in the clubhouse to Jose Abreu that didn't say a, a heck of a lot unless he was really asked a question and was a leader by example, okay? I think having the finger on the pulse of that and and how essential that is to how he's looked at by the other teammates, that, that was the essence of Jose Abreu. Not a, a verbal guy, not telling people all the time what to do, 
but leading by example, being there to welcome people, being there to talk to a teammate when it was necessary. You know, uh, just a, a guy, most importantly, and I learned this a long time ago talking to Gary Matthews back in the uh, late 80s when he was considered one of the great leaders in baseball, David. And and I said to him, uh, he was injured at the time, I said, hey, this team needs a shot in the arm. Why can't you... Uh, why can't you help get them going? He said, dude, if I don't play, I can't say anything to anybody, okay? <laughs> if I'm not in the lineup, if I'm out, I'm no longer a leader. A leader has to be out there playing. Jose Abreu was the ultimate leader for that reason alone, David. He played all the games, okay? Every single one. When Jed Hoyer went to look at shortstops, and they were looking at the Correas, they were looking at the Seegers, and they were looking at the Swansons. They were not that sad to be outbid for those other players when they looked at Swanson, who had missed uh, two games over the last three years, okay? Knowing Availability that this is the guy that's going to show up and be there. Yeah, yep. yeah, and, and, it's, and, and that's probably the, the most important saying in sports. You have to be there. Jose Abreu was that guy for the nine years of his career I don't think he missed more than 50 games in that time period. Well put, Bruce. I think this, too. This week has been a good reminder for a lot of us and a good um, – for the other end of the spectrum, I guess, for me especially, you know, I did not like it when Wilson Contreras left the Cubs. I wanted them to keep Wilson Contreras. When Jose Abreu left the White Sox and went to free agency, I think I understood that, but I still felt like if they – had found a way to justify paying him, not necessarily $20 million per year, but keeping him. You, you, my point is, emotionally, you become attached to guys who I think play the game the right way. Contreras does. Abreu does. For reasons you just articulated well. But I think that from a baseball perspective, I wonder if the White Sox felt at all. They don't have much to feel good about this season. But did this, looking at his lack of production, justify them letting him go? despite the value he may have brought in terms of leadership and intangibles and everything that we know, does, does, does his lack of production you know, make them right from a baseball perspective? Because maybe he is done, and maybe he won't produce at a level that justifies his contract. Yeah, I, I mean, they're great points, David, really. Uh, when you look at Abreu, he had 15 homers last year. That's basically half the production that you were used to, okay? Uh, th that gave them the idea that, look, Vaughn was out of position. We have to get better defensively. We can uh, be the equal there with Vaughn, if not better, at first base, getting more production out of him. <clears throat> and Jose was not the, the run producer he was before. So are, are we going to put $20 million a year on that, even though we love the guy? Uh, that's when you have to say, well... How do front offices talk themselves into and out of a leader when they're not as productive as they used to be? Okay. And then how, how, does, how does it shake out? Does it become an economic thing that pushes you over the top? Well, he's still a great leader. He's still a good player, but he's not worth $20 million anymore. And then right. you, you run into the details later on of, well, who is the leader on the Chicago White Sox? They're still looking, I think. But it's not worth $20 million a year. You're right. And I think at the end of this homecoming week in Chicago, Wilson Contreras earlier with the Cardinals and Jose Abreu this weekend with the Astros, 
I think you got to check yourself when you want to let your heart outshout your head. And sometimes maybe it, it isn't the wisest thing to become sentimentally attached and as we do in sports. And that's easy to do, easy to say, hard to avoid and resist. We'll talk about it more, but we got a big second hour. We have Drew Smiley coming up at 10, Dusty Baker at 10.30. Keep it right here on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 